Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for 21 times giving me the chance to fill in your report. It does have a certain therapeutic value. So um, <laughs> last week, my six-year-old daughter gave me 61p, and she said, it's for your hospital, Mama. And my comms director said, I think you've been talking about work at home a little bit too much. So I kind of... So look, we're known as being a pretty pessimistic bunch. I think that's right. Accountants are trained to be quite cautious. So I take the... I don't know if it's a criticism anymore. It might just be an adjective. I think it's switched. I am at the optimistic end of the spectrum, and... I think in the medium term, I probably have a bit more optimism than some of my colleagues. I work at the Royal Free, which is a great group of hospitals in North London. We see 1.6 million patients a year. We have 10,000 staff who we have to keep motivated and happy through what's going to be a difficult winter, I accept. CQC thinks we're good. And we're kind of quite excited about the future. We're one of these Vanguard schemes. I don't know if you've heard about Vanguards. We're being promoted as an acute care collaborative, which basically means can we share more services across the acute sector to get more efficient and provide better care for our patients in the medium term. And we think that's a really, really good recipe for success in the medium term. But I don't think you want to talk about medium-term redesign. I think you want to talk about now. And, and it is quite tough out there. So I'll tell you a little bit about the Royal Free story. So we're quite big. We turn over a billion pounds. So a small swing in our numbers attracts quite a lot of attention, as you can imagine. We get income that's related to the number of patients that we treat and what those patients have been diagnosed with and what we've done to them eventually. And we get that from commissioners, as Richard's told you. And over the years, although the number of our patients is increasing... The price we get per patient has been decreasing. And this isn't just a 16-17 issue. This has been happening for the last three, four, five years, really. And those of you that know about health service finance will know that we get this tariff and the tariff has been coming down. But there's lots of other things that happen in the relationship between providers and commissioners that forces the price further down. So just to give you an example, I did some analysis on our specialist services recently. And over the last three years, for a particular group of patients, we probably receive about 20% less than we used to. So there's some big shifts happening. And in any industry that I know, it's difficult to keep pace with that kind of price setting. So I think it is difficult. In terms of my position, we have been running an underlying deficit for a number of years, but due to kind of how the NHS kind of tries to fix these things with a series of what we call non-recurrence, sort of non-repeating adjustments, we've sort of made it's looked a bit better. But effectively, last year, if you looked at our annual accounts, you'd see a 14, 15 million pound deficit. Are there any accountants in the room? Oh, right. Okay. Anyway, you know what accountants do in accounts, right? We get audited. These are matters of fact and statement. But our underlying position was probably a bit worse than that. I'm one of these people that at quarter two said that I couldn't hit my control total. And that's largely because I reckon that I don't think the commissioners can pay us for all the work that we've done. And that, combined with kind of what's happening to our pricing, makes a quite a difficult story. So then you may think, well, are you, are you any good? Are you efficient? Are you productive, you people? You know, a lot of my friends are quite sceptical about people running the public services. So for my group of hospitals, we're more efficient than the average. There's a national cost index, and we're lower than the national average. This year, I reckon we'll take about 5% of cost out of our operating base. We're kind of a bit textbook on some of that stuff, but it's not enough. And just to give you a flavour of the sort of things that hospitals do to get more efficient, we consolidate services where we can, so we bring services together, so support services, back office services you might call them, but also clinical support services, so pathology services, radiology services. So we do stuff like that. Where services aren't funded, there's quite a lot of services that don't get funded by commissioners, so we're all into that space now to stop those. I think you mentioned that in your report. 
We're stopping the number of clinical staff that we have through those consolidations. We're clearly reducing agency staff, so I think any hospital that you go into has got a very, very big mission to reduce agency staff, and that's been a theme across the NHS for the last year or so. And we try and kind of standardise processes to take out waste and make them more efficient. So any of you that know about other industries, the NHS in some senses isn't that different. So we're doing that. So how does it feel in the hospitals? We're treating more patients than ever, that's true. So I understand the numbers in the report and they feel the same for me. So we're seeing about 3% more outpatients. Between first six months this year, first six months last year, we about 3 3.5% more patients came to our accident and emergency departments. That's about 4,000 people, if you want the numbers, in six months. And our performance is not as good as it should be. So you will know that 95% of patients should be seen within four hours. I'd hope the more of our patients be seen within four hours, but actually we're really struggling to achieve those targets. And one of the key reasons is one that Richard highlighted in his report, which is actually the number of medically fit patients in hospital beds that really don't need to be there. If you're medically fit, you don't need to be seen by a doctor. You could be looked after in your home or in a nursing home or residential home or in a community facility. And those services just simply aren't there like they used to be. So in my organisation, we reckon we've got about 25% more patients in our beds now like that than we used to have. That's awful for them. That's hundreds, thousands of patients' lives wasted, hours in beds just wasted. And that's really hard for our staff as well because nobody wants to do this. So there's a real issue about staff morale. And even the finance directors are saying that now, right? So even the accountants have woken up that if you can't galvanise your staff to change services or keep going, that's an issue. So that's a real concern for us and it's a real, real concern for our patients. So in terms of this report, I know better than to comment on the national position. You've asked me to comment on our position. And and there is this real sense that people like me are overly pessimistic, but I do think it's a bit different now. I think the money is much harder. I think it's something that's been happening over a number of years. So this isn't just something that's happened in 1617, and we have to pay attention to that. I think the number of conversations that we're still having with clinical commissioning groups around kind of contracts and transactions is ridiculous really and bring on the STPs, the sustainability and transformation programs to actually try and do some good there. I think it's great that you've included primary care in your report Chris and Richard, I think it's really important so all acute providers absolutely rely on thriving primary care to help us make secondary care successful and to make sure that we only treat the right patients in the right place. And finally, I'd like to just add my support to your notes around social care. So I've told you how many patients are in our beds that really don't need to be in those beds and the quality of life will be radically improved by having really, really great social care. So I think we would add our voice to that. That's the Royal Free Story. Thank you.